Okay, we should be live. Hey everybody, this is Dvir from the Cryptosphere and today I'm joined by Arthur, co-founder of Liquidity Network. Arthur, thanks for coming on the, on the channel. Hi, thank you so much for this kind introduction. Yeah, <laughs> excited to be here with you. Yeah, so I was very excited to have you on the channel because I came across your um, uh, blockchain startup uh, Liquidity Network that you were doing about 10 days ago and I really liked it. And I initially did a review of it, and then I contacted you, and then you liked it, and I was like, I, would, I, would, I just said I would love to have you on the channel and just have you explain more. So for those of you, for those of the viewers that never heard about Liquidity Network, can you share more about what it's about? Right. So right now, if you want to do an Ethereum transaction or a token transfer, right, to your friend or to some exchange or someone, you have to pay gas costs. You have to pay transaction fees. And that's quite expensive, in particular, if you're doing a lot of transactions or if the blockchain is being used by many people, then there's not much space for you to do your transactions. Uh, so Liquidity Network solves this problem. It's a, basically a new design of an off-chain payment protocol, which hasn't been there before. It's completely new. And um, it basically allows the Ethereum blockchain and it can also go on, it can also be implemented on other blockchains. But let's say for now, for the Ethereum blockchain, it allows you to to scale in the sense to perform just more transactions, uh, which are faster. So as soon as you receive it, uh, it's just an internet connection. Uh, um, I mean, it's just a TCP packet that you're receiving. Um, and it allows you to, to make those transfers without paying any gas costs. So you actually don't pay uh, transaction fees for those, uh, for those off-chain transactions that you do over liquidity. Wow. Okay. So that is a great solution. And I know it's one of the biggest problems right now with blockchain. I know that you're, you're trying to solve it along with a few other people in the space. So you're trying to solve the scalability issue. And how did you came upon this? Like, well, what's your, I saw, I looked at your background and I saw that you have a long history with Bitcoin blockchain technologies. So maybe you can kind of elaborate on that and how you decided to start liquidity network and solve the scalability issue. Sure. So I started uh, full-time on blockchain in 2012 um, with my PhD at ETH Zurich in Switzerland. Um, before that, I was just mining a bit Bitcoin and looking at uh, yeah different blockchain. I, I mean, at the time, mostly Bitcoin was around, right? There wasn't much, much else around. Um, and so, but then during my PhD, I got basically excited about doing academic research. Um, the good thing is about academic research is that you you don't just come up with some blockchain just for the sake of, of having some coins or just of, of, of getting money, but actually in order to understand the technical novelty and of what you can do with this and why this is actually um, like, like scientifically interesting. Um, so I did a lot of research papers, um, so you can find it on my Google Scholar profile, for example, um, about um, Bitcoin lightweight client privacy. So I was the first to analyze, for example, the privacy of, of these SPV clients in Bitcoin. Maybe you're aware of them. They, uh, so if you, if, you have, if you have an SPV Bitcoin client on your phone, mm -hmm. it's somehow, I mean, you cannot store the blockchain there, right? Uh, so you need to outsource some of the computation, some of the verification to other nodes. And uh, in order to, for the other nodes to know what you're interested in, you need to tell them, well, which addresses you are interested about, right? Um, and if you tell them your addresses, then they know how much money you have, then they know your identity basically, and that's not good either. So mm -hmm. privacy is a big issue in particular for, for, uh, for mobile wallets like, uh, like these SPV clients um, in Bitcoin. 
um, then I did work on, um, on, on various aspects, uh, Eclipse attacks in the Bitcoin network, which are also applicable to Ethereum networks. I did work on, um, so if you hear about um, uh, transaction confirmations, typically people tell you you should wait like six Bitcoin block confirmations. Right, for tra- right. For and then I just come and I say, uh, why six? Where do you come up with this number? And then, and then people say, yeah, because this is what other people say. And then, okay, where does it come from? <laughs> so um, in, in general, research likes to quantify. It likes to understand what does mean six? What is the meaning behind that? Um, does it mean I can make a $100,000 transaction with this, uh, with six Bitcoin block confirmations? Can I do a million? Can I transfer 10 million? Or do, do I need to wait longer for 10 million? Okay. So, so uh, you know, there, there's basically you need to quantify. I think this is what many people um, are not doing nowadays. They're just looking at the project and they're saying, wow, this is cool, and more transactions, um, cool team, nice advisors but they're not actually understanding the technical uh, details behind it. And they're not critical uh, about about the claims that people uh, put out there. For example, if somebody tells you we're doing a, a million transactions per second, then you should ask yourself, okay, how many transactions per second does Visa do? Oh, Visa does 50,000 transactions per second. Huh, Visa is a very like competitive and, and well-established company. Uh, worldwide, and they're doing fifty thousand. And there's a startup that says they're doing a million. So maybe, and then, and, and Visa is not blockchain based, and blockchains are very much expensive compared and compared to centralized systems uh, such as Visa. So it's very important that people have a critical eye on on, on numbers and just just think about of it yeah. whether it actually makes sense or not. Um, yeah. Because I, I just want to elaborate on this because for me, I come from, I have some programming background, but I don't really understand kind of like the deepest layer of, like you said, with like the block information and how that works. So for me, when I look at all these blockchain startups, it is very important to be critical about it. And I saw Vitalik Buterin himself talking about startups that claim to do, just like you said, like a million transactions or something like that. And he says, well, Ethereum on my laptop by itself can do 500 transactions per second. The thing is like, on my computer, but on the blockchain on itself. And he says that there are a lot of conditions that you need to keep in mind. So I think critical thinking is something that a lot of people don't have when they look at these new companies. And uh, it's always very important to look at where people are coming from and if they delivered working products before, um, which is why I'm such a big fan of kind of like when I looked at your background, I was like, okay, this is not just something that just popped up on the scene. This is something that you've been working on for years. Yeah. And um, I mean, full time since 2012. and. I'm now also an um, assistant professor at Imperial College London. So I'm giving a blockchain course there to, I had like roughly a hundred master's students in the spring now. Um, and so edu- educating the young generation is very great. Uh, yeah, uh, it's very important because the, the hiring l- landscape is quite quite disparate right now in the blockchain. Well, what does it mean by disparate? Well, what do you mean? It means like, I don't know, on average, maybe there's like one, one person for 15 openings in the blockchain space. So it's just uh, um, it's difficult to find good people and experts. Right, okay. So yeah, I saw on your website, you listed only you and your co-founder for that reason. You said that you don't want to list them because why? Like, did it really happen that people are like snatching like smart uh, blockchain developers or what's the... No, I, it's, it's, I mean, this, this, can, this can happen for sure. Um, I know many people that are looking for, for excellent people. So it's, it's a, it's a reality that you, you should be, I think, like, think of it like a, in a different way, a traditional company, 
would they advertise everyone on their team? Right? Mm -hmm. Would they do this? Would they put the pictures out there and 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 say, give the whole roadmap, give every detail of of, of their plans? I don't mm -hmm. think so. And right. um, and and like for even for crypt, crypto startups to to be to be competitive and and um, and serious, I also think they shouldn't disclose everything, right? It's like it's it's good to to have to have a roadmap that is that is mm -hmm. that is reasonable, but you should remain somehow professional, also in the sense that um, there are competitors out there that just want to copy you, and they're just out there to to get your latest innovation and then just just profit from it. And um, it's it's important to 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 stay professional in the sense of. Uh, of protecting protecting the, the the basically the development that you're doing and that you can push this forward and bring it to to full fruition uh, in time. Okay, I see. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I know there's a lot of competition right now, so I'm sorry that I cut you off there. So just can you continue explaining on your kind of like your background and how you ended up in liquidity network? Yes. So my my PhD thesis basically was mostly about uh, proof of work blockchains, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Um, and I did a simulator for Bitcoin, for example, to see how much can be scaled just by changing the parameters. Uh, you can't go far, obviously. And I thought to myself, so what's the easiest way to scale those things uh, in, a, in a trustless and decentralized way? Um, so then I saw, okay, they're different. Uh, I looked at, at proof of stake. I tried to come up with some of my own proof of stake algorithms. Um, it's kind of hard and it changes also a lot of your trust assumptions. So you won't get the same guarantees as you have in proof of work, most likely. Um, so I, I looked at this from a scientific perspective again, and I was like, ah, okay, maybe let other people work on that. <laughs> then then I, then I looked at sharding and um, in sharding, I thought, hmm, okay. So you have like the same blockchain, but in different shards. Hmm. You still have like maybe uh, I don't know 200 transactions per second in a particular shard, but then, but then yeah, you still need for 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 payments. You still need to have consensus among all shards. Oof, this gives me a headache. I don't want to work on that. Let other people work on that. <laughs> and then, and then um, I mean, it should be fun, right? What you're working on, and uh, yeah, everyone has his preference. <laughs> um, yeah. And then. And then, and then I looked at, at off-chain payments, so, so like what Lightning was doing. Uh, I was actually in Scaling Hong Kong when, when Joseph Spoon uh, presented that uh, in 2015. And I thought, hmm, yeah, that's, this could be, uh, maybe be something. Um, but then we basically looked at all the, the problems that Lightning has. And then I thought, oh, OK, this needs a, a, a proper redesign. And that's how, how liquidity came about, basically. Oh, OK, I see. And I saw also you and your co-founder, you started sort of like the Revive. You came up with the Revive paper to sort of give you, to help you with the on-channel payments, to help with that. And then you sort of like worked on this project, this idea further to develop it to the liquidity network, right? Right, right. So Revive is basically an improvement for uh, Lightning-type uh, two-party payment channels. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good for the community because it can improve the, the scalability of two-party payment channels. But still, they have so many issues. These two-party payment channels that um, uh, that basically we then came up with liquidity, which is uh, even much better version. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so also like I thought you did the beta video, which is very impressive, where you do uh, off-chain Ethereum transactions with a very very small amount 
of Ether. So I saw it looks like uh, you already have a working uh, beta, and you were going to launch the mainnet sometimes uh, in a few months. Or well, what's your roadmap right now? Where are you at? Right. So we had a we had an internal beta in November last year already. We have a public uh, testnet version online since March, since the beginning, of, since the fourth of March already. So on on wallet.liquidity.network, you you can basically uh, do off-chain payments yourself on on the Robson testnet. Um, and the mainnet is scheduled for for quarter two this year, so it's going to be June timeframe. Wow! So this is a huge development. So if theoretically this goes live at uh, June, uh, first of all, congratulations for managing to make the thing go live. But how how will it work in terms of uh, adapting? And do people like do you need people to to do something in Ethereum to change it? Do you need uh, people to buy your liquidity tokens in order to use the option solution? What uh, adoption would have to would look like? Yeah, good question. Um, so you don't need to um, you, you don't need to change anything in Ethereum. I mean, it's it's just basically built on top of Ethereum. There's nothing nothing that needs to be changed. No ERC something that needs to be accepted uh, that it's more usable. Um, it already works now. Uh, the only thing that you need to do is basically go on uh, wallet.liquidity.network. You have your local Ethereum client running or MetaMask. Um, and then you take some of your ether and you deposit it in the smart contract so that this is then basically created as liquid ether we call it so this is then it's the same value it's nothing changes you still have the private key that controls it so there's nobody else who controls these funds it's okay. just deposited so that you can use it off chain then to send it to other people faster and at no transaction costs um and this works already nowadays. Uh, I mean, already today. Uh, you can just test it out. Um, so in the sense, there won't be even the need for people to buy any token to use this. So it's it's just going to be free for regular users. Um, there will be certain limits. So you can't transact like millions um, and uh, millions of transactions per day uh, with uh, through through uh, through the network um, uh, as a regular user. Um, so there will be limitations, but if you're a professional user, then you can pay in liquidity tokens, and then you can uh, get higher throughputs and more transaction volume, basically. Okay, I see. And also, I'm curious, like, kind of like how a service or let's say an exchange, or let's say BitPay or someone that deals right now with accepting cryptocurrency payments, how will they go about adding that uh, to to accept, you know, like Ethereum via the liquidity network, for example? Yeah, it's very simple. We have a merchant API uh, that we're currently working on, so they can just interface with the API and then accept these payments. Wow, this is awesome. OK, I see. so this is really exciting. Personally, um, I'm not, a, like I said, I don't have a deep tech knowledge, but it's really cool to see how this happens in the environment and how it develops all these scaling solutions. So I, I saw that you did a comparison against Rating Network and against Lightning Network, which are other scaling solutions, and obviously some of your competitors. And I just wanted you to outline again your advantages over the scaling solutions. Of course. Um, let me quickly find this, uh, the post that I did. Where is this again? Um, so there's a, quite a few list of problems that we outlined um, in, in, in Lightning and, and or Raiden. I mean, Raiden is just a copy of Lightning, right? There's nothing nothing novel about it in, in a sense. Um, that's what, what people has to, have to understand also. That um, yeah, um, so the first problem is that two-party payment channels such as Lightning or Raiden are economically broken. So this is actually not something that I said. 
uh, or claim, uh, but this was something said by Professor Imin Gunsira at Cornell University. Um, he and, and he's right. So in our white paper, we also explain why that's the case. Uh, so you can think of it if you want to build an exchange or like a, a node that has that has many connections in the network uh, that wants to offer proper services for a lightning network. You need to have like a lot of like connections, right? Let's say let's say I'm this node. I need to have a lot of two-party payment channels with all the peers, and in each of these two-party payment channels, I need to deposit some collateral, right? Mm -hmm. So if in each of these channels, let's say you have a let's say you have a million users that you're connected to, and uh, over a month you want on average to send ten thousand US dollars to each of these users. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's reasonable, right? The numbers. Um, you know how much collateral you need you need to lock up this this uh, this note in Lightning. No idea. Ten billion US dollars. <laughs> okay. Wow. So that's that's not gonna happen, right? Uh, this is just too too much. It, this is actually money that the, you need to lock up, and it's in a, in a hot wallet. So it's it's on chain, and you need to. I mean, it's not it's not often uh, you, you can't basically put it in a in a cold storage. But this is this is crazy a lot. Uh, in liquidity, if you want to do the same, it's like less than four thousand. So in the in the particular example I told you. I think maybe you, 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 I mean, this is actually parameterizable. That's why the liquidity network is quite flexible there. But let's say you need roughly maybe 2 million US dollar of lockup. So mm -hmm. it, this, is, this is totally manageable um, uh, compared to 10 billion. Uh, if you look at current uh, wallets, so there are some wallets for the. Yeah, I see it. Sorry, do you hear me? Do you still hear me? Hey, I think the connection broke up quickly, no? Yes, I can hear you fine now. Can you hear me now, Arthur? Yes, yes, I do hear you very well. So the second point is usability. Uh -huh. um, have you checked out some of those wallets, uh, of the Lightning wallets? No, no, I didn't check them. Yeah, really complex to use, like impossible. So rigid, there's a lot of rigid collateral. So also if you're, if you're putting up a, like collateral with, with one particular node, uh, you can use this collateral only with these other nodes, not with anybody else, right? Uh, and that's mm -hmm. not the case in liquidity. Uh, it, because you have such a, there's another problem with privacy in Lightning in order to, to forward a payment to somebody else so you can route a payment across multiple hops. Uh, but in order to do so, you need to know which route you take. Mm -hmm. uh, so routing actually uh, tells you or discloses a lot about your privacy. Uh, about your connections, about who you can talk to, etc. And even even in, uh, so, Lightning is working on onion routing. Uh, even there, if I want to be a node that has a lot of connections in the Lightning network, I can just break privacy very easily. I mean, Tor has has quite a lot of problems um, with with uh, monitoring exit and entry nodes. The same can happen in Lightning, right? So. These are existing privacy problems, and they're, they're, I don't see them being solved for now. Um, I think one of the biggest issues probably of Lightning and Raiden is that in order to open a channel, you need to make an on-chain transaction. Right. That's not the case in liquidity. So in liquidity, you can actually open a connection to the liquidity network uh, for free, so without an on-chain transaction. So obviously, if you want to pay someone, 
then you need to make an on-chain transaction and deposit some ether. Uh, but mm -hmm. you can, if you only want to receive something, you can receive it for free. I mean, you can receive it directly. You don't need to perform any on-chain transaction. And that's that's really one of the killer features that two-party payment chains such as Lightning Rating they don't uh, don't provide. Wow, yeah, it is a huge difference. So it's really cool to see like you are working on something like this. And I just want to ask you: so theoretically, let's say in two months it goes live in a month and a half. So what is it going to look like? How people are going to adopt it? So all apps are going to start using it, or what do you think would happen if the protocol successfully goes live in the next two months? I think it's just going to be a, a a great means of of performing ether transactions between peers. So you can basically use the wallet that you have available, for example, to just exchange funds uh, among people, and without without doing actually any uh, without paying any gas costs. Um, I think one of the I think one of the most likely things is if there's another Crypto Kitty games, and uh -huh. uh, and the blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain gets congested, then people are gonna search, especially then they're gonna search for solutions on how to how to transfer without being congested. Uh, and then liquidity is, is become is basically getting like I think really many user users wow. at this point. Yeah. You see, that's interesting. So CryptoKitty is gonna be this the the key to main adoption of <laughs> of chain solutions. <laughs> exactly. Yes, <laughs> um, and there's another thing. So we will be providing free airdrop airdrop services uh, to to uh, to token projects. So, for example, uh, nowadays, if you want to perform an airdrop, so Omi's Go, for example, they did an airdrop last year. Um, they reached almost half a million users, um, and they performed uh, over five thousand Ethereum transactions uh, to reach those users for their airdrop. If you do this airdrop again today, it would cost you about 150,000 US dollars. Okay, a lot of That's money. Quite, so not only are you giving away money for free, you also have to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, literally. <laughs> so, it's like it's like not like you're going to the streets and just throwing money for free in the air. It's like really <laughs> you have to pay to send the money, right? <laughs> so you <laughs> Yeah, and in liquidity, so we're gonna provide the service to token projects to perform the airdrop for free. So this means that you can actually um, you can reach millions of users that are members of the liquidity network, and they get the tokens, and this won't cost you anything. So you can actually give them more than uh, than if you do an on-chain airdrop. Wow. Okay, that's a that's a cool thing. Wow. Okay, I see. That's pretty interesting. And also, uh, speaking of airdrops and you know raising uh, money and giving money, I saw that your uh, your idea, your initial coin offering, has a pretty interesting structure where you did a pre-sale, you did a Dutch auction, and then in the ICO you're gonna do an auction. So can you please tell us a bit about that? Yes, sure. Uh, so there are two Dutch auctions: one in the pre-sale, one in the main sale. Both are public, so we didn't do any private sales. Uh, so even the pre-sale was public, but we didn't advertise it. So we didn't do any marketing, so we didn't invest anything in marketing for the pre-sale. So the the idea is that everybody can participate in the pre-sale, and the pre-sale determines the minimum price for the main sale. Mm -hmm. So we have a minimum price for the for the for the main sale now, which is around zero point six uh, US dollars. 
Um, so this means that the, the Dutch auction basically in the in the main sale it will have a, a lower limit on the price. Yeah, that's the that's basically the main the main difference. Right, and I also got to say that I really liked it. You know, we're in an age right now when the ICO craze, where everybody's trying to do their marketing, and you know these bounty programs and airdrops. And I liked, I saw that you were kind of anti-marketing, and you were trying to do the pre-sales kind of quietly to reward your first users for kind of being loyal for you. That that's is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yes. So we had about um, uh, eighty-nine people participating in the pre-sale. And we did video KYC interviews with all of them personally, so me and Rami. And uh, so we met them. We actually talked to every one of them. Uh, and that's great, because I think it, it creates really a very strong basis for the project, uh, which, which then allows us to grow now. Wow, that's awesome. OK, cool. And also, um, uh, I wanted to ask, you said you were just rolled out a new program, a new news, right, where you were about trying uh, asking the community which are the first ERC-20 tokens that you want to have kind of uh, the ability to use on liquidity, right? Right. So you can think of us uh, liquid liquidify your token, right? So if you're a token project and you want to transact your token or that people can transact your token for free without paying gas costs again, right, uh, then you, we can bring it on liquidity. And in order to, so we have some ideas of which tokens we would like to have, and we have already talked to quite some projects that are always interested to get to get uh, on liquidity. But we thought it's it's even better to also ask the community of what they actually want, right? Uh, so uh, that we are kind of building the liquidity ecosystem by taking into account the 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 voices of the of our community. Okay. See. Wow. That's really cool. And also, can you talk a bit about the future programs, uh, plans that you have for liquidity network? I saw you were planning in 2019 after you launched the mainnet and everything you want to develop to work on non-EVM uh, blockchains, right? So, so yeah. Before before non-EVM blockchains, there's going to be the liquidity exchange. Um, are you familiar how exchanges work nowadays? Just uh, on a high level. Um, I just know on a high level, but not like really technically. Okay, so let's say there's a there's like centralized exchanges like Kraken, right? right? It's just a central server, and they have your money, right? They they have everything. So you send your money, and then you can trade there. Then there are the decentralized exchanges. They don't have your money anymore, so it's like you as a user, you have this. Um, but the the trade, so the swap between your like if you buy some token X for some Ether Y, then then this is done through an on-chain transaction. Mm -hmm. in decentralized exchanges. There's always an on-chain transaction. Um, again, the problem with on-chain transactions, you're aware, it's expensive, it's slow. Uh, in particular, if there's blockchain congestion, there's a big risk for the exchange to actually stop working, right? Then there's liquidity. Liquidity can do the exchange off-chain. So instead of doing the, the token for the X token for Y Ether exchange on the chain, like the DEXs do, you can do it off-chain. And all this, while the money is always owned by the user with the private key and not by liquidity. Right. So, so you see this, this evolution kind of, because it's, it's I mean, it's significantly better than, than uh, centralized exchanges, but it can reach the, the trading speed of centralized exchanges, which decentralized exchanges that are on-chain can't. Yeah, wow. OK, this is cool. So we're seeing kind of like this shift at the beginning. You have centralized exchanges that are performing well right now, but they're like the security is poor, privacy yep. 
before, and then you're moving to decentralized exchange, which we have right now, which don't really work that well, kind of a bit risky. You have more privacy, but they don't work that well. And then in the future, you're kind of talking about solutions like liquidity network, where it's, it's going to be like, like same privacy as decentralized, but it's actually going to be work and be more <laughs> secure. OK, and cheaper, obviously. OK, I see. Cool, cool, cool. So that's really, really awesome to see, Arthur. And um, yeah, honestly, we can sit here and talk like a lot. This is really interesting to hear about. But I just, I think we should start to wrap this up. So I just wanted to ask um, if you have anything that you want to tell people, like uh, where's your website or any upcoming projects that you're working on, anything that you should know how to participate in the ICO. I know you opened the whitelist, etc. Right. So I mean, I would like everybody to encourage to 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 visit liquidity.network. It's our website. We have the link to the wallet. So. I specifically would like to advertise that we have a product out there that is already working, right? And we released this product during our pre-sale. So I'm, I'm happy to, I mean, most of the ICO projects, they don't have any product during their pre-sale, I think. Um, and we would be excited to, to meet you. For example, we're going to be at AdCon uh, in May, which is like in about two weeks time frame. And yeah, this is, uh, I, I think it's always good to meet in person with the, with the community. Um, I'm at a lot of conferences. I was in Berlin this week, and uh, yeah, traveling around, uh, meeting meeting our community, meeting our. I met actually a lot of our pre-sale investors already at different events uh, mm -hmm. recently. So, yeah, thank you so much. Wow, that's great. Okay, so um, yeah, I think that's all. Arthur, seriously, good luck with liquidity network. I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna watch closely in your project and wish you the best. And thanks for coming on the channel. It's great having you here. Thank you so much for the interview. <laughs> Have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye.